You could get them, but can you keep them? This is the Girl Stop Playing Show. I'm your favorite homegirl, Coriel, here to encourage you to stop playing with your potential and start working for what you want in life and in love. You already know that I'm bringing you the information and the conversations to help you make the money and get the honey. You can have it all as long as you are willing to work. And now before we get into today's episode, please wipe your feet when you come in the dough, okay? What do I mean? I mean, like this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. We are putting out this amazing content, but y'all, we got some bills to pay, okay? And all we're asking you to do is pay with a like and a subscribe. And if you feel like you got some value out of this episode, share this video with a friend, okay? Today, we have a working woman in the building. She wears many hats has several titles. She's a wife, she's a mother, she's a real estate mogul, in my opinion. And I am super excited to have Tiana in the building. Hey, Thank Tia. You. I'm just going with first names. Okay, yeah. We're like, we're Absolutely. on the couch in the living room, about to have some girl talk. Absolutely. Are you ready? I'm ready. So, I do want to start by having the people put some respect on your name. Okay. So, for the people who may not be familiar, look in that camera right there and introduce yourself. My name is Tiana Harrison. I am from Atlanta, Georgia, and I am a luxury real estate agent. Luxury real estate agent. Mm -hmm. So I've been like having this conversation with my husband about dibbling and dabbling into real estate. What is the luxury space new to Atlanta? Because when I think luxury real estate, uh, million dollar listing comes to mind, like LA, New York. Is luxury new to Atlanta or no? Luxury isn't new to Atlanta. I think what happens or what has happened is that culturally we are um, having a huge imprint on the luxury realm. And so it gives, you know, this this whole um, this whole whole scope on what that luxury market entails, you know, mm -hmm. with social media and everything, we get to dibble and dabble into different areas of luxury just by seeing someone on vacation or seeing someone walk through a home. But as far as it being new, no, no not really. We're just able to share it a little bit more and then help and inspire other people to see that they can also you indulge. Can do it too. Have you? <laughs> how long have you been in real estate? I've been in real estate. It's a tricky question because there are so many different areas of real estate. I'm going into my 10th year as a real estate broker, but in real estate um, in total, probably about 17 years. Girl, stop playing. Mm -hmm. You are not old enough to have done anything for 17 oh, years. But I am. You've lived a life. I have lived a life, okay. but I will tell you this, that right after college, I, I entered into real estate. I went to UGA. Well, first I went to CSU. Shut up. That's, look, that's how, how I, I know, know that we know some of the same people. How did people. I not know you went to the Tennessee State University? The Tennessee State University. I was a Tiger Bill. Wow. So I ran track. Okay, okay. I'm sure we have a lot of mutual okay, friends. For sure. Um, what and years then were you there? I was mind? there from 2002 to 2004. Oh, girl. Okay. I was yeah. there from 03 to 07. Okay. 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 Yeah. So gotcha. we, we crossed we, paths. Okay. And we know a few of the same people. You did not leave TSU to go to the UGA. I left TSU to go to Georgia. I don't know why. I have 
I built some of the best personal and professional relationships when I was at TSU. The reason why I am or have been successful as a real estate agent is due to the relationships that I created at um, Tennessee State. In in all honesty, HBCU that that part of the HBCU conversation is not had enough. I think we all are comparing between like the facilities and the this and the that, but it's like the community that you will build at an HBCU is is unmatched. Whether it be um, Slim and Huskies or some of the professional athletes that I've worked with. Brandon Williams, I'm not sure if you know Mm -hmm, (laughs) Brandon mm -hmm. Williams, but he um, had a a very integral part in helping me with my um, professional athlete niche that I am somewhat known for Mm -hmm. as far as just working with pro athletes, NFL, NBA. And so that relationship came from TSU. Yep. I love it. Okay, but you left TSU, you came to UGA, uh-huh. and then you got into real estate after. Yes, or immediately during. after. Immediately after. Immediately okay. after. I wish I had known during because a lot of people don't know that you can get your real estate license at 18. 18. Yep. And so I wish, I, I always say that I wish that that was something that I had known, um, but I did want to be a sports agent or I wanted to go work for um, a professional uh, team of some sort in contracts and negotiations. And as life would have it, full circle, I work in contracts yep. and negotiations. oftentimes with pro athletes and so yeah it's just like so what was that moment that it that it changed or it shifted like what was your entry point into real estate um I think when I decided um after my first year in corporate America that I was not going to go into law or go to law school I said that you know this is an area that I have always loved even as a child just going into different neighborhoods seeing how um the landscape of Atlanta has changed over time and it was like oh you know I I can do this or I can try to do it um I will tell my age here but as we know there was a huge recession that hit And so with um, so many different markets, uh, as well as Atlanta, that was a major time where people were losing jobs. I lost my job and I had to figure it out. I hit the pavement. I went to go work at a high rise condominium and I saw real estate agents every single day. I went there as a concierge, as a concierge supervisor, making very minimum money, Mm -hmm. and just started building relationships again with the people who were in and out of the condominium. That went from being a concierge to being a property manager, and again, all of those are still in the avenue of real estate. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so that's basically how that happened. I will tell you this, we got married. My husband and I got married. We met um, during right before uh, I decided that I was going to leave corporate America. And we then had our first child. Our first child, it, we did not. We were new parents. So it's like, who's going to go to the doctor's appointments? Who's going to stay home? And um, because his job was a little bit more stable and he was making leaps and bounds in, in his position, it was like, okay, you go venture out. So I decided that I was going to go into real estate at that time. And then, Got you. you know, 10 years later, here I am. The rest is mm-hmm. history. Um, you mentioned a couple times about the relationships. Uh-huh. And I think Personally, I can only speak for myself, but I did not know the value in true, um, I don't want to say like being strategic with your relationships because that sounds like you're using people, but being, just knowing the value of relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, Even back to like people who had internships in college and were able to start those relationships 
in corporate and what it's done for their careers. Nobody talked to me about relationship building. It's something that I've learned just naturally as an entrepreneur. As an entrepreneur, I've learned the value and the benefit of networking and establishing relationships and connecting with people. What does it look like for you now to connect or build relationships? Because you mentioned like when you were at the condo building, That's right. building relationships with the realtors. And what does that look like for someone out there who's at that place where it's now time for them to start building relationships? What are like some practical things of how you actually do that? You know, that's a that's a I'll tell you why that's a challenging question, because the reality is like at the time I you don't know that this you're, what you're doing that that's what you're doing. Yeah. So you don't know the value that's really there other than I just want to be authentic. I just want to um, create relationships with the people who are for me. You know, I want to make sure that I'm doing whatever steps I need um, or taking whatever steps I need to take so that I am successful. And in that, when you're making good choices or making decisions for your future that will you know, um, pan out or have longevity, then you're thinking about, okay, well, um, am I, how am I responding to people? How are they responding to me? Are they pouring into me? You know, and so I think that when I did go into um, real estate and I was at the condominium and I was meeting all of these different people, they were actually sharing with me their lives. And then that helped me kind of figure out what I wanted to do. Real estate was never something that I thought that I was going to do, but it was just being in the right place at the right time and, and seeing people continue to move and maneuver and navigate in a space that, you know, there was no real, you didn't know what was going to come out of the recession. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What does it look like now, 10 years later, at this point in your career, what does um, nurturing relationships look like? Because Everything is relationships, right? Everything is relationships. real estate is relationships yeah. on steroids. Absolutely. Um, what does what does nurturing relationships look like at this stage in your career? Uh -huh. Is it because um, I've heard people say, OK, well, I have follow up Friday on Fridays. I'm just following up with all the people I'm checking in. I'm tapping in. I'm letting people know I'm thinking about them. They're on my mind. That's my check in day. Yeah. That's how I keep relationships going. Do you have a thing like that where it's like this is my thing to nurture these relationships or to water all of the relationships on this particular day or in this particular way? You know, what? I don't have a day. You know, I know that sometimes life gets to lifing and um, as mothers, as wives, as businesswomen, um, entrepreneurs, uh, you just gotta sometimes, when you think of that person, you gotta call them at that moment. You know, when there is business, there are um, strategies, tools, and systems that you have. If there's a client that you care about that you wanna get them the home of their dreams or you wanna help them um, hit objectives that they never thought that they could, you're gonna follow up. That's just in you, you know, or it should be. Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. that's intentional. It's not about the paycheck at the end of the day for me, you know, and, and I do have the luxury to say that, you know, I'm doing this from my heart. Yes, thank you for me being able to bring something to the table. But at the same time, it's like, okay, I don't, you know, when you think about it, and I don't always hit the mark, you know, so it's a matter of, you know, being intentional with your life, not allowing, um, and I tell my children this, you know, you got to have priorities. And if you say that the people, you say that your family, you say that your friends are your priority, then you will make the um, call. You will send the text, even if it's a text. Some people are callers, some people are texters, but when it comes time to 
really um, pour into people or check up on people, then you need to be intentional. Are you a caller or a texter? I am a texter. So do you still pick up the phone and call people? Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah, because some things um, need a you phone call, okay. but I'm also married to a caller. I'm married so. to a FaceTimer. Are you? And that is, I didn't yeah. even think about that That's category. A That's a, it's a category because I, I am historically a texter. Oh Do not call my phone. Yeah. But he started this FaceTime trend oh. and it's been, it's six years going strong. It's just what we do. Mm. I've, I, I don't want to say I've never, but I can count on one hand the number of times yeah. we've had like a regular phone call. Even if we're not looking at each other, we're just naturally going to face It's weird. I don't yeah, know. Weird. No, but I want to talk about your husband okay. because this is a thing. Mm -hmm. The people think that here in the great city of Atlanta, there are no husbands. Yeah. There's only gay men. Yeah. We are proof that that is not true. But where did you meet your husband? Okay. So I met my husband at a nightclub. Girl, me too. <laughs> Find love in the club. You can do it. Usher was onto something. Listen, I met him at a nightclub. Girl, what club was it? Do you remember? I Listen, and now we it's we going into uncharted You're like, okay, yeah, uncharted territory. This is Atlanta. This okay, is Atlanta. Okay. okay. So okay. during an era the, where time. It, it was magical. A time. Okay, got you, got you. Okay. <laughs> so I met him, but uh he actually Facebooked me before I met him during the time when okay. only college students were had. on Facebook. The good old days. Yeah, the good old days. And so I knew him and um from him being at Georgia when I was there, but he was a year, he was two years older than me. So he had left. Okay. And so when I met him, he was like, hey, do you remember me? And I was like, yeah, but I, cause I had never seen him in person and, um, sent him a drink and that was the best investment that I, that was the best $20. Look, right. I'm like, that was the best little $20 that I ever you know, not you out in the street sending mm -hmm. out drinks. Send him a drink, and it I was love over. that. I love that for you. But I'm a good investor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So you met him out. Mm -hmm. How long did you date before you got engaged? We dated. So we did not date the first year that we met, and okay. then so we you were sent friends. him a drink, and then y'all became friends. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm okay with that. Okay. okay. You know, I was I was in my hot girl summer era, and so season, in my twenties was it was a season, and I'm okay with that because he was in his you know his NFL season gotcha. as well. Okay. And um and so then after a year or so, we decided that we were gonna date. And then I think we were engaged. We were engaged for a year, so we dated for two years before we actually got married. Got you. Okay. And then, how soon did you have your first child? We were pregnant three months after we got married, so she was about a year. Was it planned, or did it, it was just... not planned? We were in CVS and Walgreens looking to see how to do things the right way, and I was already pregnant. You were already that. That's I was a... already pregnant. That's crazy because yeah. I had in my I got engaged in April 2020. Mm -hmm. In my mind, I was going to we were supposed to get married December 2020. So I'm like, okay, by August, I'm gonna start like preparing my body mm -hmm. to get pregnant. I ordered like this fertility tea off of Amazon, girl. Yeah. Ordered it off of Amazon. The day it arrived is the day I found out I was pregnant. See? Got pregnant in June. Girl God didn't knew. even make it. God knew. God I was knew. I was devastated. Yeah. It was bad. It was it was not good. Yours was good because you were obviously already married yeah i was only engaged that bug okay. bit me yeah. right that bug bit mm -hmm. me and life life started life in. yeah um but how did becoming a parent affect your relationship with your husband or did it 
I think becoming a parent made us like even more inseparable. I feel like we were inseparable the moment we said that we were going to be together um, just because of so many different life changes, him coming out of the NFL and having to transition. And then just, um, like I said, just going from a job that I had been at after college to something different because of, you know, the economy. And so then we get married and have our first child. And it's like, we in this together. So it was a few years, and this is all pre-social media, mm -hmm. pre-Instagram. Let me just say that social media existed. But we were, we just basically hunkered down, um, tried to figure out how we were going to make things work, per bought a house, well, yep, bought a townhouse, sold it, bought another house um, with having our daughter and... It was like we were underground for a few years before it was like, okay, now it's time to like really get come out back here. Out to, mm -hmm. Come back outside. How old? You have three children. Two. Two. Mm -hmm. I think you had three. Because I always have other people's kids. Oh, okay. I'm like, I know I didn't saw another child. Okay, so you have two children. How old are they now? Yes, they're seven and nine. They're about to be, look, eight and ten next okay, month. Okay, so mine are two years apart too, so I have questions about that. But you have yes. a boy and a girl. Yes. You posted, I don't know what was going on and we don't even have to get into the details uh -huh. of it but you posted that i think your son was having a health challenge yes. something was going on yes don't know the details of it uh -huh. and again we don't have to talk about the details of it but what i saw was just in my mind i don't know when this was but i feel like i i you know was a mother at this time mm -hmm. and i just remember thinking of like how how do you hold it together when your child is experiencing something that you cannot get them out of oh my god or be in control of oh my god you know being a mother is um is challenging nobody gives us a handbook on being a mother we all know that nobody tells us what to do yet we're the best ones for the job so how is it that we don't know yet we're the best ones like nobody can mother my children the way, the way that you. i mother my children yep. i don't care what my mother-in-law has done i don't care what my mom has done in it's the not past this. Yep. They can't mother my children the way that I can't the way that I can, yet I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So in going through situations and scenarios, because kids get sick, but in going through a situation like I did last year with my son, went for a week long and just trying to figure out like how do I relieve him from the pain that he is going through it's tough and I would consider myself a pretty tough person but when you cannot take that pain away when you have to sit up in that hospital bed um, for days in and days out and all you want is relief and 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 for, and and fun and happiness for your children then it's kind of like you just you pray and you keep going and you pray that at some point you know there it, 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 the sun will shine again everything will turn over but the good thing and the blessing in it is that you have a support system and so in-laws parents my husband he is an anchor he is everything to everybody and just like i said just having that support system having those um people around to make things a little bit lighter it's, it doesn't take the weight off but it's definitely something that is helpful so you just keep going have you ever felt like you have lost yourself in being something for everybody else 
Uh, yeah, there, I think there are times and phases that we go through, um, whether they be, you know, moments or whether it be days when you need that mommy moment. You know, you have moments where you're like, wait, I'm taking everybody. Because guess what? As mothers, as wives, we, we take inventory. They take everything else on, but we have to take the inventory. And that inventory includes different departments. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I heard someone say that different areas of life. And yep. you just take and you compile all that. The project manager. Yeah, for you're real. the project manager. And so um just in that, it's just like, oh, you know, it's 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 a lot that you have to um just think about and manage, and you just do it the best, the best that you can. That you can. Yeah. What season do you feel like you're in in your marriage right now? Like if you had to define what what year is this for y'all? Uh, eleven. Ooh, year mm-hmm. eleven. What season is year eleven for you? <sighs> We are definitely in a season of what are we going to do next? You know, what is going to happen next? You know, financially stable, um, emotionally stable. Our children are a little bit older where they have some independence, but we have to teach them that the older they get, the consequences change. So it's not just a paddle on the hand, you know. When you're 17 and you do something wrong, somebody's going to, you know, there's going to be different Consequences. Yeah, consequences. And so in teaching them differently, we have to sit down with each other and see what that looks like for both of us. So have there been have there been challenges in the difference? Like, have you all had differences of opinion in terms of how you're raising your children? Um, there have been challenges. We have differences of opinions because I'm a mom and he's a husband, you know, and I'm he's a father. Oh, I was gonna say, I'm wait sorry. a minute now. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. He gonna be like, yeah. <laughs> was that a you, slip? No, or? that was a slip. I'm sorry. I'm a mom and he's a father. Gotcha. And so, you know, even in that slip up, it's just like that was. Oh. I felt like there was some truth in that. In that, okay. No, but we gonna... and he is no. He, he's like the best father. I tell my kids, it's like. You don't even understand. Which y'all like, got. Y'all yeah, you don't even understand. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he is a super, he is, I can't say, I can't say more than enough about him because as a father, we have a son and we have a daughter and both of them need him. I'm not saying that children don't need both parents, but, you know, I saw something before that said mothers raise their daughters and love their sons. You know, that hit me like a ton of bricks because I think about the people, the men in my life and the dynamics that they've had with their mothers. And sometimes it makes me, you know, a little sad. Sometimes it makes me happy. But, you know, there are things that we do as mothers that we kind of get in the way. And that's tough because that's those are my children. Mm -hmm, You know, that's mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. tough. And do you you have two? I have two sons. Yeah, that's what I thought. We get in the way, and I can't teach my son how to be a man. Yeah. And see, my son is a third. Okay. And he's okay. a third for a reason because his he his father is great and his his grandfather is great. So, in that, like he has he his he is his own person, but he also has greatness. He gotta he got he got he, yeah. he to uphold that. He has yeah. to uphold that. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a meaning behind the name and who he is as a, as an individual I don't want to stunt that so regardless of how I feel how hard my husband and their, his father is coming down on them I got to get out the way and that's that, that's, that's hard a, it's, it's hard I mm-hmm. saw a, a clip of you know of it causing contention 
in the marriage mm-hmm. because the the wife is like, I think you being too tough. You yeah. know, you be how you're talking to him, you're roughing him up, and it's needed. Yeah. But it is hard. It's needed. Because I want to be like, but my baby. You know, and, yeah. I got, and he's two. My oldest mm-hmm. is two. So yeah. we ain't even talking about nothing. Right. Right? It's, he's a two-year-old. But, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's necessary. It's so and, necessary. And we are going to reap the benefits of a true father. Yes. Right? Raising mm-hmm. these children that's and right. not just a man in the house. Because that's a difference. Father. Because, that's a difference. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we're in Atlanta and there's a stigma. And we're all, they also have, they also see way more than we saw. Mm-hmm. And we saw a lot. Mm-hmm. But they see so much more. And this world is, you know, I always say there's a lot more good than bad. But at the same time, we must prepare them for this world, whether it be my daughter or my son. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm glad for who God blessed me. I'm glad for my husband. Right? Look, I'm glad right? for their father. Baby. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. It's a lot. It's it is a, a lot. lot. Do you feel like you are having to raise your son and your daughter differently? Um, yes, I do. Um, because it's different for both of them. It is. It's I mean, what again, what they see is going their perspectives are different. They're different people in general. And I think that children teach us you know, a lot mm-hmm. about who we are and who we think we are. Yeah. And who we think we are. <laughs> that is true. And so when it comes to my daughter, she is growing into um, a young lady and I have to teach her, you know, what it's like, because if I allow music videos or Instagram to teach her or, you know, hot girl summer to teach her. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to have on my hands. And so, nice. or her friends. Because or her, fr- her friends and her friends' mamas. Right, or and her friends' mamas, because that's what happens. If we don't talk to our children, they still talking. They, they, they talking, they just talking. not talking they to you. They just not talking to you. Mm-hmm. And so we have to teach them differently. Like my daughter, she's very outgoing, very outspoken, but my son is very much like laid back and to himself. He's not going to come to you. My daughter might, my son won't. So there's a different approach that has right. to be taken for right. Right. each right. Child. Okay, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Since you do have a, a I'm, I'm just, I've only asked this, I think I've had this conversation maybe twice, but I'm determined that anytime I get a mother that has both, I'm going to ask. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Yeah. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. If your son or your daughter decided to date outside of their race, would you have the same opinion for both or not? Like, would you be okay if your daughter wanted to date a white boy? Would you be okay if your son wanted to date a white girl? I would be okay. Okay. I would be okay because I have different, um, you know, races of people in within my family. Okay, and okay, so, okay, okay. 
you know, I would be okay. Of course, people are like, yeah, I want you to date somebody like your mom, you know, whatever that means. Do you have or, a preference or you're just open? Do you feel like you have to just have be open? Do you feel like, I feel like it gets tricky once the family, you know, once you have like a cousin that has married outside and now the family is just diverse, you got to be careful with what you say. You got to be careful. And I don't want to put you on the spot. No, it's okay. 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 <laughs> it's okay. Because, okay. you know, it's it's okay not to always be politically correct. I do feel like, I mean, I have a preference, but even in other people's households, they got a preference too. So, That's... you know, it's like, you know, who's going to say it first? If you're asking me, then I can answer. Okay. I have a preference only because there, culturally there are things that it's like, okay, you know, either you're going to try to explain and nobody's really going to be able to relate to that. And then there are things that maybe they will be able to. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, you I have a preference, but it's all good. If, you have a preference, but not, you're accepting. I'm accepting. You're open. Okay. Yeah, I'm open. I'm closed. You are? Okay. So what? what's the, what's the, how do you relay that? What do you say? I don't know. And that's the challenge because... Because the truth is, I know from how, how I was growing up that if mm -hmm. my parents were adamant about something, that's mm -hmm. gonna not necessarily make me want it, but it's gonna make me curious. Yeah. I'm like, why? Why yeah. can't I do that? What yeah. What is that really like? Like, what yeah. are you trying to keep me away from? So I don't want to be so adamant that my sons are like, well, I would just do, well, let me just see what it is. You know, I know you right. don't want me to do it, so I'm gonna do it because right. you don't want me to do it. Mm -hmm. So I don't wanna do that. My, I guess, um, hope or prayer is that me and my husband just do such a great job of showing them uh -huh. the beauty in, in their blackness. Absolutely. The, you know, that they, that there is no other option, that Absolutely. it's not even, but my son goes to Montessori school yeah. where he, now there's a you know another black a black girl and another black boy but they just showed up yeah. like he's been there since august mm -hmm. and for the longest he was the only yeah. so he didn't have a choice and i think a yeah. lot of times that is the situation that we put our kids in mm -hmm. because we quote unquote want the best mm -hmm. and a lot of times the best isn't the black version yeah. of things mm -hmm. so we put them in these environments where they're the only or they're not the only but they're one of few yes and so their options are very limited yes. and it's like well what do you expect this is where you've these are the choices mm -hmm. you've given them so you can't now be mad at the choice they've made exactly with right. what you've given them so i think it's just something we're being intentional about yes. um and conversations are going to have to be had yeah, at the end you of the have day. those conversations but i think that and like you said we have Cho we have made those choices for them, especially with certain environments. And I do live, we live in an area where they are oftentimes the only ones. But then what um, I made a decision to do or what we made a decision to do at the end of the day of the day is engage them into different activities outside of the outside school of or the, the school neighborhood or, yeah. yeah and and so um while they are becoming aware of their environments we are also teaching them how to advocate for themselves and how to um be confident in that uh in that <laughs> how to be confident in areas where there is just them it's just mm -hmm. them yeah it's tough that's a conversation it is a conversation because we are now at the place where we are blessed to be able to afford mm -hmm. to give our children these lives but it's mm -hmm. like are you 
are you not setting them up for failure? Because again, we're just doing the best that we can do. Yeah. Like we're we're doing the best that we can do, but what are the repercussions of the best? Yeah. Like what's gonna be on the back end of the That's best? Right. So I have, you know, I, I have family and even friends whose kids are now at the age where they're going to prom or they're going off to college and they're making choices that are a reflection of these environments. Yes. And now the parents don't like the choices, mm -hmm. but it's like, you put them there. Put what them else? There. They literally didn't have a choice. That's exactly This is right. all that they have. So it's so, tough. It is tough. And yours are, are, are small and you have boys. So it started off with us with our daughter mm -hmm. and our daughter being confused or not understanding why her hair wasn't straight and blonde. And her hair is the exact opposite of straight, straight and, and blonde. blonde. Right. And so we were like, okay, no, let's just have this conversation at two. How do I have to have this conversation at two? And so um, got through that, but then we ended up moving to a different area where mm -hmm. it was even more, you know, predominantly non, non white yeah. yeah and so the dominant culture existed and though she felt confident in who she somewhat was at five when she went to kindergarten she was unable to relate to no let me back that up her teachers mm. was unable to relate to her because that's what happens you know you might see a child and say oh they remind me of me but when you're the only one of us in a room, and I'm not sure if you've experienced this, but yes. I know I have, uh, yep. then people will respond as if they can't relate to you. You mm -hmm. know, they want to know about you. They want to be close to you, but they don't really they don't know. Yep. And so that was her experience in kindergarten. So we then took her out and put her in a somewhat international charter school. So gotcha. very much more diverse. diverse. But then... We realize that even when you do that, you have to consider, you know, the sometimes the socioeconomic um, nature of what can happen there. So let's just go back to if somebody has more than another person. So if my daughter goes to school and she says, oh, my dad used to play in the NFL, that might make so-and-so feel a ways like you're better than them. Mm -hmm. When she's just saying, this is just her oh, experience. yeah, this is her experience. So then you're dealing with a whole different type of potential prejudice with people who do look like you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then you have to say, okay, now, now I have to weigh this or now I have to look at this because now she don't have no friends. Right. But now she doesn't have any friends with people who look like her. So do I now take it's her tough, back over man. here with people who, oh, so-and-so understands because guess what? Her uncle is a basketball right. player. I don't know. You know, yeah. anything. And so it's just like, you know, it's it's this life that we're creating. Yeah, I grew up in a predominantly um, black community uh, and went to HBCU, then went off to Georgia. And it was just like, okay, I know how to adjust in certain environments, but, you know, the world isn't like, oh, these are middle to upper class black communities anymore. It's just like we're kind of spread out. Like you said, sometimes sometimes to certain people, you know, because it is, it doesn't look like you because it is a dominant culture, then that might be better. But that's not always true. It's not always true. And I think that it's, it's just 
conversations have to be had and outside of because for a lot of people like the schools that your kids go to it's a reflection of like the yeah. the, neighbor, the area yeah. that you mm -hmm. live in but i think being intentional about having friend groups yeah right having mm -hmm. you know me and my husband joke all the time like our kids are gonna grow they're gonna have rich friends like yeah. even if they're not going to school with these people because uh -huh. of who we are connecting Connected with yeah. right it's like you're still gonna have a community mm -hmm. and that is important it's yeah. like where is the Atlanta HBCU, like the elementary yeah. HBCU. Mm -hmm. Where mm -hmm. is that? Mm -hmm. How can we create that so that our kids can be surrounded by excellence, but it looks like them? Because I think that is the the vision of an HBCU. It's yeah. like it's it, we're operating in excellence. I don't know if your experience was excellent because you left. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. I'm looking at you okay. like that okay. because okay. it exists. <laughs> and you may not know because your children, your oldest is two, but it exists. It, it, it does exist. Yes, it exists. Here in Atlanta? Yes. Okay. So you have to, you know, you have to find these groups. Like we're a part of Jack and Jill. Okay. And sometimes Jack and Jill, you know, sometimes it has its pros, sometimes it has its cons. But as far as our experience in Jack and Jill, our chapter is very much um, active and dedicated. Okay. Okay. to our children being leaders and having that community. Okay. So they'll go and do activities and events where they are, um, they're doing community service or they understand that um, they're more fortunate in a lot of different cases than others. So they're giving back or they're, cre or they go and they go to a black doctor's office mm, or they okay. go and visit the state capitol or they go and help people register to vote and things like that. So it's like, it exists okay. and there's just not jack and jill but there are so many different organizations that are like that okay. with children who you know who look at my th there was one mom who sent me a picture of my son he's in basketball camp this morning and her son ended up being there so then they were connected because they're like oh i know no, him yeah. from you know that so it exists you just have to go being, find and it. being intentional about it okay not just letting life happen but yeah. being intentional being intentional okay it's just Jack and Jill, what I've heard about Jack and Jill, is it like a sorority? No, you know what? It's a commitment okay. more than anything. Okay. And I'm not I'm not Greek at all, but um I do have a lot of um, Greek friends and things like that. So I understand that that is a commitment and what they have to do. So in a sense, it's a it's a group is of Is it like mothers. an initiation? How you how do you join? So you have to be, be invited. invited. See, okay, that's I thought. Okay, I yes. thought so. Okay, so okay. you have to be invited, but there are organizations and groups where you don't necessarily have to be invited. And so you do have to be invited because of course, you know, you want to keep it and you yeah. want to keep it. And you want to keep yeah. it yeah. to yeah. people who are going to serve, like to a dedicated dedicated group of mothers or members who are going to make sure that you know their children are active and understand the hierarchy and governance of things and so are it there is, like membership requirements like do you have to be a mother for jack and jill yes okay i didn't mm -hmm. know i mean i don't mm -hmm. know so you have to be a mother do your kids have to be a certain age no they is start, it for a they start off i think at like it might be two Okay. Two to 18 or something. Okay, like that. Okay, okay. But guess what? When they graduate out of the program and they go off to college, we have so many, um, so many teenagers. We have a girl who won Top Shelf Chef, um, who lives in our area, who's mm, a part of okay. our chapter. She's going off to school, and I think she might be going to Princeton or Yale or something like that. But it's you know it's not HBCU, but <laughs> she's going off. And what happens after they get out of school? They have these um, 
they have these families in other states and other cities that uh, they can okay. in the event that they I need love that. someone. Yeah, so yeah. I like that yeah, yeah. aspect of it's it. It's like a village. Yeah, it's like creating it's a village. the village that you, if you don't naturally have one, it's That's correct. Being, getting, getting to be a part of mm-hmm. one. Um, and I've, I've obviously heard of just the benefits of you know, for the adults to be in as yeah. far as the networking, but I imagine that trickles down yes. to the kids. And that's what you're teaching them yep, is the value exactly of relationships. Right. Exactly what we just were talking about. It's, yes. They're already establishing these relationships. They're mm-hmm. growing up with these people. Mm-hmm. And for people who, especially here in Atlanta, it's so many times that I've come across people who went to like Clark or mm-hmm. went to Spelman and they stayed here in Atlanta. Yeah. What that does for your career yeah. is just like, to have that foundation, people mm-hmm. you've grown with, like you literally were like rubbing elbows with the next, yes. next, next who's yes. who, the value of that. Mm-hmm. I think if we're more intentional about teaching our kids right. the value of that, you, you're you literally like starting those relationships now. Yeah. Homeboy who he's at basketball camp with, like that might end up being, being yeah. you know? And exactly. so it's like having those relationships is so important, mm-hmm. but we aren't, um, I guess, strategic or even really understanding what we're doing. We're just yeah. kind of doing it. That's right. Yeah. So so, you know, and it's like you said, it's the value in it is so, you know, and I think that that's why people have started to kind of manufacture that mm-hmm. because they're realizing that the value of collaboration, the value of partnership, the value of who you're connected to. Mm-hmm. My father in law has this saying that it's not um, um, connections are better than money. That's what he says. Connections are better than money. Yep. And so it's not about the money at the end of, of the day. It's about, you know. If I need something, you know, it's not going to be the money that oftentimes gets me there. It's going to be, be the person. connections that yep. I, you know, that I have created yep. and that I have established and made. Yep. And it's 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 rang true for me. I don't know about, you know, a lot of other people, but just in, you know, me coming here, I know a lot uh, we uh, there are people that you and I both know, and it's like, oh, okay, there's that connection. Yeah. So we could prop the conversation could go further. And when it comes to business, and when it comes to, I mean, real estate, you know, real estate is just there are so many different facets that you could talk about personally that would touch other people. That it's just like you don't have to know mm-hmm, real mm-hmm, estate mm-hmm. to really, you know, get into the conversation. So then that takes you somewhere else yep. because then you're like, where are you from? Where are you from? Chicago. Oh, oh, oh yeah, Chicago. <laughs> and then you say, oh, I'm from, oh, you know, I know so-and-so from Chicago. And then there's a connection from there. And then yep, there's a connection yep, yep. from there. So it's all. What social media was supposed to do. Because yeah. that's, we, if, I mean, if you use social media, and I talk, I talk a lot of shit about social media, mm-hmm. but it's been a blessing. So I can't, it's not all bad. But what you are supposed to do on mm-hmm. social media, if you're doing it the right way, it should lead you to conversations and connections yeah. and relationships mm-hmm. and all of the things. Um, but I think we're starting to shift like away from the fakeness you think so? of social media. I hope so. Well, I hope so I too. People are getting tired of it. I, for me, um, because I I started my business before Instagram, uh-huh. right? But Instagram definitely helped me to grow my mm-hmm. business and build my brand and all of that type of stuff. But it's not sustainable. Yeah, it's not having a social media brand is not sustainable. I don't no. think not when life is life in and no. you evolve and you grow and you but you are still like people are still um, expecting having that expectation of you showing up the same way that you have. Been. That's true. Yeah. So, no, I don't think social social media is sustainable when you're trying to create a brand or you're trying to go with the same narrative, you know, and it's just like. You know, if it's authentic, it's authentic. And thankfully, I've had the opportunity to grow, you know, 
hopefully it's authentic. You're right, <laughs> like, you're right. right. Hopefully yeah. it's authentically. Of course, you don't get every bit, you know, you don't get every piece of my life. But at the same time, it's just like, I want the, I want it to go away because I have children. <laughs> go that away. Part, that part. I'm go like, what's going to be next right. though? Because uh -huh. if it goes away, they're going to replace it mm -hmm. with something. With I'm something. like, what's next? What is it going to yeah. be? Because I don't want to be the main mom, but y'all yeah. are not doing this. No. You're not What's your rules? So, What's your social media rules? So, or no, cell phone or whatever. So they do not have cell phones. Okay. Um, my daughter is turning 10, so I'm, and she's asking for one. And I'm like, no, you're going to get this little gizmo watch that you could text me. And, you know, if I need to pick you up and this is that and other, where there are limitations. Mm -hmm. You got phone five phone numbers in it. You can't but send but so much. And so there are no cell phones, but they do have iPads. Okay. And they get their iPads well during the school year only on the weekend okay and if you do not um if you do not take care of your responsibilities because priorities are a big thing for us and it's like priorities and then whatever you want to do so you need to make sure whatever I have asked you to do chores whatever it may be they're not consistent but whatever <laughs> I've asked you to do you get that done so that you can see your iPads on on the weekend and and that's and that's pretty much it they have restraints and things on the iPad but still that doesn't cut out some Girl, of the nothing. craziness and so I just I, I, I can't you stand the yeah, YouTube short that thing because girl once you start it they coming it's yeah. like you don't know what you're gonna see next mm -hmm. never ending um real what about dating though what's your rules for dating for your kids i haven't got you, there yet you haven't, you're pushing haven't thought, me i'm I know not doing I am. it y'all haven't thought about it yet so, <laughs> no so you I gotta had, go through this in phases do you know sherry riley you know who that is? Sounds familiar. She's amazing. She's okay. amazing. Um, her episode has not come out yet. Okay. Well, it might be by the time y'all see this. But one of the things that she said, um, her daughter's a teenager. Don't make me lie about how old she is. Mm -hmm. But she said something that I'd never heard before. And I'm going to share this with you because okay. you have a daughter. One of her rules is that her daughter has to date while she's in her house. She wants her daughter to start dating okay. and relating to boys while she's under her roof so she can mm. coach her through that process. Yeah. And I thought that was just the total opposite of what my mother and I, not that my mom didn't want me to date, yeah. but they weren't encouraging it. Uh -huh. And I just thought that that was like such a profound and intentional way of being a part of the process. Because I think for a lot of, I'll just speak for like the uh -huh. girls I grew up with, a lot of our parents were, strict yeah to the point where they were so strict that the moment you step foot out of that house like the moment you graduated high school and went off to college you were like out there like you yeah. were wild because you couldn't do anything yeah i know girls so, like that. right mm -hmm. right and it never it never worked out yeah. like don't do that it's not yeah. gonna work out no. um but i thought i think that that's like the opposite approach of like mm -hmm. i'm not gonna try to shield you from something that obviously you're gonna do anyway yeah. and so i think that i'm gonna adopt that when i have a daughter i we'll think see. yeah i think her rule is um my expectation i think my mom was strict my parents were strict but um but we dated within you know within the confines yeah within of, the confines yeah. because like you said most of the time uh, when you get to college or go on post high school life and you see people wilding out it's because they had this Their very confined just, yeah. yeah they gonna do it that's life. the thing either they're gonna do it under your watch mm -hmm. or they're gonna do it out in these streets right and, and it's natural for your daughter or your son to like you know, someone. Someone. You yeah. can't even say the opposite you sex anymore. You can't say it anymore. You can because say it gonna, yeah. You can say it over here. It's, it's, it's natural for your son and daughter to like the opposite sex. 
And that's fine. And I'm okay with this. So when you start crushing, come let me know. Because I want to know. I want to know. Let's talk about it. Let's Let's work through this. Let me tell you how not to get played. Right? right? Let's let's talk about it. Um, Okay. So my last question is for the single ladies. Because a large percentage of my audience is at at the space. And I don't think you experienced this because you met not married your husband, but you met your husband a little earlier, mm-hmm. right? I was 30 before I met mm-hmm. my, 31 when I met my husband. I think I remember so, your, your... My little, my story? What was my, it called? The, um, the Single Wives Club. Yes, yes I've been following you since way From, before. Then. You yes, OG, triple OG. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Uh-huh. Okay, so, so I went through this experience that I can relate to y'all when you start feeling like, okay, not only is the clock ticking, I'm tired of getting these invites to baby showers, weddings. I don't, like, why not me? When is my time? I'm starting to lose faith. I'm tired of dating these men and it's going nowhere. Like, I remember those thoughts of just like, God, am I the one? Is it just me that you Uh forgot about? For that woman that's going through that right now that's watching, and I'm sure you have friends. Like, we all know people that it's just like, girl, where is your guy? Like, you are so great. What is your advice for maybe what they could do more of, maybe what they need to do less of, maybe a mindset shift, like anything that you can offer as wisdom from a happily married woman? Like, what can you share for the single ladies? You know, my first instinct was to say, get away from them friends. But I'm not going to say that. You can say it. You can look. No, 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 no. In all sense, I didn't, I was single probably about five years before I actually you know, started dating my husband. I was single, living life, enjoying it. So first and foremost, you need to enjoy life. Stop waiting. Stop waiting because a man is going to find you, but you also have to be in position. So I, you know, I definitely prayed. I prayed that, you know, he didn't come before it was time because that's the worst thing that can happen is that a, a man or whomever can come before it's time the right one can come before you're ready and so you just have to prepare yourself i remember thinking when i met my husband like oh goodness i wasn't ready for the for god to send me this man i need to get my credit together (laughs) so it's just small things like that that you think of it's like you gotta position yourself for what's coming whether that be love whether that be business whether that be relationships and partnerships and things like that just get yourself to Get yourself together and get yourself ready because it's going to come. It's going to happen. And you're in the right place. I love it. And it's so funny that you mentioned that credit thing, because when I had the single wives club, that was one of the things that it was like, do you want to meet? You don't know when you're going to meet them. Do you You want to meet them? And then you have to explain all this shit that you ain't got together. No, why not just work on that stuff now? Now. Right. Go to the gym now. I don't want to go to the gym. I know, but we don't, I mean, you know. Do you work out often? Your, that arm looks like it's been worked you out. You know what? This that arm, arm is looking because good. Because for a year after a reality show, and I know we don't have time for that, a year after we did a um, real estate reality show uh-huh. on OWN, I didn't do anything. That took a lot. What was and your so, experience? Oh, you was know it what? awful? I, it wasn't. At the time, I felt like, whoo, this is too much. I did not plan for this because, you know, the drama comes because once the cameras, lights, everything turns on, people turn up. And so um, overall, it was a great experience. Nobody ever has to call you and say, hey, can you do this or that? And so with the group of women that I work with, some I still have relationships with, some I don't. But overall, I feel like um, we we had a great 
it was a good experience for me. I'll speak for Do myself. Do you think the benefits outweighed the BS? <sighs> would you do it again? I would do it again. Okay. So I'll answer that. I would do it again because I was so scared when I did it the first time. Were you? And yeah, and and now that I've done it, it's it's done. Rip that I, bandaid off. Yeah, you can do it I now. ripped that bandaid off. I was so afraid because I wanted to represent my family well. I wanted to represent my husband well. I wanted to represent my children. Um, and how do you feel like the world perceived clients. you? Um, I felt like they received me pretty good. You know, because I it it was me. It was really you. And as long as I went into it as if it was me and not anybody else, then I was okay with that. So you didn't open up a can of worms because I've ever since the single wives club, I've gotten like, yeah. you know, people hit me up like I'm casting for this. Mm -hmm. I'm, I've done, you know, whatever the interviews are when you're in the process, all of that stuff. I've yeah. done it. So I've considered it, but I'm not a dramatic, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a catty person, yeah. naturally. I'm not mm -hmm. arguing, I'm not argumentative. Oh I'm non-confrontational. Yeah. So I would always tell them like, well, I'm not gonna argue with people. Like, I'm not yeah. gonna throw, I'm not gonna do any yeah. of those things. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they never call me back. But I always wonder like, is that just a part, was that a part of your experience? Like, did they try to pull that out of you or did they let you be your natural self? And then if drama came up, it just happened to come up. You know what? I don't think that that was their intent. I don't think their intent was to make it a drama-filled show. I think that you, when you put an ensemble of women together, that some people automatically feel like that's what they need to bring to the table okay. because they don't feel like their stories are good enough. They don't have and anything that's not else. True. There's no substance. Yeah, yeah. and the, the reality is that you just have to bring yourself, regardless if you feel like it's enough or not, it's enough. Mm -hmm. And so... I realized after the fact that people didn't feel like their stories was enough, so they just came. Trying to make a new story. Yeah, trying to make a new story. It's not necessary. Mm. Okay. Yeah, we'll so, talk more about that. I have yeah. other questions. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So for the people, do you only do luxury real estate? Because I was about to say tell I the do people. All, I, I really do. Okay. All. So they're not ready for the luxury life If you're yet. not ready for you know what? Buying a home is a luxury, period. We could end it on that. Buying a home is a period. period. I love it that. Okay, so regardless like of what you're in the market for, you do, again, don't judge me if I have this uh -huh. wrong. Can you be a buyer's agent and a seller's agent? I or can, you have to be? And I am. You are both. Mm -hmm. Okay, so look at that camera and tell the people okay. what, how for they can the find people, you. For the people, I am a selling agent and I am a listing agent. That simply means that I work with buyers and sellers, investors, um, all, all realms of real estate. Um, there's nothing that goes untouched or that I have not uh, experienced or done in my years as a luxury real estate broker because now as a Last year, I became a broker. <laughs> Break down what that means. So a broker just, you know what? In simpler terms, it means that you have um, a little more education and a higher des designated license. And you can, I can actually own my own firm. Right now, I'm with England Volkers Atlanta, which is a global firm, which I absolutely love because I'm a mom, a wife, and a boss. And so um, that gives me the freedom to be able to move um, about a little bit better without all of the liability so smarter mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so yeah do you, you have a desire to have your own agency you know what or what would make you become a broker if you didn't want to have your own agency i guess is a better question what would make um 
just because I knew that I, I for a long time I knew that I could be a broker and in the event that I decided that I would then um you know branch off then I could you have, have the option to do yeah, that I have okay. that option okay. so I always have you know oh, gotta always have options yeah. I love mm -hmm. that so how can they contact you you can um, follow me on social media at Tiana Harrison underscore Lux Partners. Um, and I'm also at www.tianaharrison.com. Check her out, y'all. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. Make sure you share this episode with a friend and subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss out on any more bomb shows. See you on the next episode. If you enjoyed that episode, make sure you subscribe to the channel so you don't miss out on any upcoming content and take it a step further and go ahead and join our private community over on Patreon because it comes with some pretty bomb perks, including early and discounted access to our upcoming events, behind the scene exclusives with some of your favorite guests, the opportunity to call in on an upcoming show, the chance to vote on topics and guests for brand new shows, and I'm even giving you unlimited access to my vault of business classes where I'm teaching you everything from Airbnb to developing digital products and everything in between. And you can get access to our Patreon for as little as $5 a month, okay? Get in where you fit in, and I'll see you on the inside. Peace. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.